Okay, you guys, let me ask you a question. Do you struggle to get your weddings featured? Are your wedding submissions constantly being rejected from your dream publications? Does the thought of creating your own submission completely overwhelm you? Well, this is exactly why I created Submission Support, to help wedding photographers and planners just like you. Inside our monthly email membership community is where you'll learn what makes a good submission, how to start thinking like an editor, how to curate your images, and how to submit your next wedding all on your own. I've helped dozens of photographers and planners get featured, and now I get to help you directly in your inbox every month. To learn more, visit submissionsupport.twgna.com and join today. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to a brand new episode of Tea with Janae. I'm your host, Janae Kirshner of Janae Kirshner Photography and the photo education and coaching site, Tea with Janae. Tea with Janae is where we give real advice, tangible tips, and thoughtful insight about what it's really like to be a wedding photographer. Today, I'm chatting with Kristen Marie Lynch all about the top five marketing mistakes every early creative entrepreneur and photographer makes. She shares from her own personal experience and helps us get some clear answers on how to fix those mistakes in no time. A little bit about Krista before we get started is that she is a photographer, business coach, and the host of the She Calls Her Shots podcast. She helps creatives ditch the overwhelm and create a thriving business by focusing on the tactical strategies, habits, and mindset, and confidence work that's crucial to seeing long-term growth, and I'm super excited that she's here. So let's grab a cup of tea and enjoy the show. Hi, everybody. Welcome back. I'm so excited you guys are here. I have a wonderful guest on the line today. Krista, can you say hi to everybody? Hi, everybody. So happy to be here. Thank you for being here. How are you doing? I'm doing great. It's morning here in California, but it's a beautiful day. So no complaints. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. You're in Cal- sunny California. Where are you in California? Yeah. Um, Like the Bay Area. Oh, amazing. Oh, cool. Yeah. Well, thank you for getting up early to talk with us on East Coast time. I appreciate it. <laughs> of course. <laughs> but I'm super excited for today's show. We're going to be talking about the top five marketing mistakes uh, that every early creative entrepreneur and photographer makes. And I think this is such a great topic, especially for our newbies out there who are just starting out and could use a little help in this area. So I'm excited to pick your brain a little bit. Yeah, I'm excited too. So before we get started, let's tell everybody a little bit about you, your company, and how you began began your business. Yeah. So hello again. I'm Krista. So I live in Northern California with my fiance and my two dogs. Um, but I actually started my business way back in 2010 when I was still in college in Florida. I never quite knew that I wanted to be a full-time photographer. I think like most people, you just kind of start off. You like can't believe that people actually start paying you 
to do this type of thing. Um, but I was in school studying like human resources and, um, you know, it just kind of like continued to evolve. My business continued to evolve while I worked. And in 2014, I actually moved to California, had to kind of rebuild my entire business, my client base, also had to rebuild my brand a bit because um, I realized that, you know, obviously the California market and who I wanted to be here was a little bit different than what I built in Florida. And then, you know, I continued to work full time. And then in 2019, I finally left my corporate job, um, which was hard for me. I think sometimes we hear a lot of people who work full time and build their business on the side and they kind of like don't love their job. And so that's why they go full time. I kind of struggled with that for a while because I did enjoy my job, but I also knew that I wanted to be able to do something for myself. So finally in 2019, I was able to leave my corporate job, go uh, full time in my business. And within the last year, I've kind of evolved into not only doing wedding and branding photography, but also I launched a podcast and started coaching other um, photographers. And so that's been a joy getting to kind of transition into that and helping others really start to grow and hopefully not make some of the mistakes that I made along the way and kind of help them along their journey. So yeah, that's a little bit about kind of where we're at. I love that. Yeah. And your podcast called She Calls Her Shots, right? Yeah. Yeah, correct. Oh, that's awesome. Well, I'm so excited that you're here and thank you for spending the morning with us. So, so let's jump right in here. Let, you know, let's talk about, or can you explain the top five marketing mistakes that every early creative entrepreneur, entrepreneur, have a hard word for me to say, <laughs> or photographer <laughs> make, like maybe just break it down. Like what are these top five mistakes? Yeah. So the first thing that we're going to talk about today um, is trying to reach everybody and really not getting comfortable in niching down. Uh, the second thing we're going to talk about is kind of twofold. It's either focusing on too many different plat platforms or only focusing on one, especially when it comes to marketing um, and the content that comes in creating uh, for those platforms. Um, the third thing we're going to talk about is kind of just like the mistake of like waiting for opportunities to be presented to us. Mm -hmm. um, the fourth thing is asking others what we should be doing in order to grow our business. And then the last one is just really just overcomplicating the process and talking through kind of the three things that we really need to do to help not overcomplicate the process. So that's kind of high level, the different yeah. things that we'll talk through today. Oh, I love it. So let's go into the first one. Awesome. Yeah. So this first one is niching down is a really interesting topic. And actually, before I dive into these today, I do want to kind of clarify that we're going to talk about these as kind of like these top level, like I'm doing air quotes, like mistakes. <laughs> but I want you to know that like these are things that I have done myself in growing my business. And the reason that I'm talking about them is that I think that there's nothing inherently wrong with them, but I think that there are ways that we can think about them differently or do them differently um, to help actually help us better grow in our business. But I just, I always like to preface that because I don't want someone to hear this and think like, I do all of these things. Like I'm making all these mistakes because it really it's just like a way for us. It's more data that we can have to grow. So right. I always yeah. like to like, just like let that out <laughs> at the beginning. Yeah. No, I love um, that. I, I feel like a good disclaimer is always welcomed. <laughs> yeah. Great. Um, so yeah. So the first thing is really just like niching down. And I think that sometimes niching down can kind of be like a hot topic because when you're first starting off, it's hard to know, like, I don't know who my niche is. I'm just starting off. It feels really overwhelming. But I think especially 
as photographers specifically in the early days, it's totally okay to kind of just take pictures of everything. I mean, I did that when I was first starting my business. Like anyone that was going to hire me in the very beginning, I was like, oh my gosh, I can't believe I get to do this and get paid and do all this stuff. And it was great. And it also helped me realize there were certain things that I really enjoyed shooting. And then there were things that I was like, eh, like, I don't really love these quite as much. And so I think it's really important to niche down, let yourself explore, but then niche down because at the end of the day, when we're thinking about marketing, we want to make sure that anytime we're presenting our business, anytime we're talking about our business, that we really come across as like the best fit for our ideal client. And when we're showcasing like all of these types of sessions, all of these types of things, we can't really fully speak to the clients that we want to be working with because we're just trying to talk to like everybody. And like what ends up happening is, and I'm sure everybody feels this because I know I felt this way, is like you become that person who's like, you're the photographer. You're the person who has the good camera. So like, we'll just hire you because you have the equipment that we need in order to take photos. And nobody wants to be that person in the long run. Like you don't want to be the person who's like, oh, you have the good camera. So we'll just like hire you to do literally all types of photos. Um, Because we all know that there's so much skill and talent and things that go behind actually having the good equipment. So the more that we can niche down, understand what it is that we like to be shooting and really just communicate that in our marketing and our social media, on our website, um, it's going to be less confusing for our clients, but it's also going to help us, like I said, really speak to um, that transformation that we provide. Because even in photography, I feel like we still provide a transformation. If you're doing family photos, like there is a certain goal that that family wants, right? Like they don't just want pictures. They're documenting like this moment in their child's life, right? And like, how can you best speak to why you are the best fit for that. Maybe you have a family and you can like super connect with them and relate of like, you know, all of the joys and the ins and outs of like prepping for a session with kids, you know, or if you're a wedding photographer and you can really speak to, I know exactly what you're going through in this process. I know that this can feel really stressful and overwhelming. And here are all of these things that I can give to you in the form of, you know, like not brochures, but like content pieces, like guides and things that you can really help them along the way. And it's going to be so much easier to speak to that when you're only speaking to like one person as opposed to everybody. Yeah, no, that really resonates. I feel like when I first started out, I tried every type of photography and, you know, every, you know, what's that events and showers and babies and so Mm -hmm. forth. And then realized soon, you know, pretty quickly that I liked, um, weddings, you know, and then I wanted to be a wedding photographer. And then after I had a baby, I was like, okay, I can do families. I understand how moms are now because I'm a mom. So, and then my marketing is, is to those people. You know what I mean? Like I have two, two niches, but they actually meld together because you know, usually after you get married, you might want to have some kids. Yeah, so. <laughs> exactly. Well, and that's, I'm glad you brought that up because that was one thing I wanted to point out is that when, when you think about niching down, I think sometimes people get scared because they think, oh, I can't do anything else. And like, that's definitely not the case. Like if you really enjoy doing some things on the side, maybe you like dedicate a certain percentage of time or like, you know, like it doesn't, no one is here saying that like you can't showcase that, but it becomes a lot easier in your marketing when you're not also talking about those things. Because to your point, exactly, it's such a great opportunity to be able to create that experience for your clients where you're not only 
doing their wedding photos, but then you get to continue on with them and like further document their family down the road. I do the same thing with my families, but I, I really just don't post those on social media because it's like, it's, I, I love that I get to kind of keep that relationship and do other types of sessions, but that's not really, I don't want to book more family sessions. I just love that I get to do those for my couples. So I think it's really important to be able to, to note that like, that is totally, I think it's a great business practice actually to be able to do that. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. So I think finding your niche is really, really important. And then, and speaking to that, like you said, one person group, you know, quote unquote versus, you know, when, when you're a master of not, you know, what is that saying that they say? Like like a master of, if you're like a master of all things, you're like a master of none, or it's like, if you're trying, yeah, exactly. Totally. I love that. Cool. Okay. So what's the second thing? Yeah. So the second thing is, and it's kind of twofold. And the reason I have it like this is because I feel like in the beginning, a few years ago, it used to be people would tell you like not to focus on too many platforms. I feel like that was the big thing that kind of everybody, like any coach or like online person preached, which is definitely true. And we'll talk about that. But I think another trend that I've started seeing, especially with photographers is like, that's actually not the problem. The problem actually starts to become when you're only focusing on one. So I think specifically like, um, especially with Instagram, because I mean, I know I love being on Instagram. My clients are on Instagram. I have couples that find me from Instagram. It is a wonderful platform, but I also think there is a little bit of harm when we start putting all of our marketing energy into that one platform and like, don't, kind of branch out a little bit from that into something that is um, longer living on the internet. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think kind of the first the first point, like, you know, not showing up on too many platforms, it is important to make sure you're not like spreading yourself too thin because as most business owners, we are often a marketing team of one. Mm-hmm. So realistically, like when you think about your time and like, you know, you have other priorities outside of that, it doesn't really make sense to try and be on all of the platforms. I think we all kind of understand that to an extent. Um, so really just starting to figure out, okay, what platform actually makes sense for me to be on? for a lot of photographers, again, I feel like I'm just going to speak to Instagram because I feel like that's kind of the big one that everybody resonates with. But then figuring out, okay, Instagram, that's great. You can figure out how you can be present on that platform. But what are other ways, like I said, that are more long standing that are going to help build your brand? Because at the end of the day, especially for photographers, I think it's wonderful being able to showcase and do posts and share your recent work on Instagram. But I also know from experience from my couples, like they're not necessarily going through counting how often I'm posting, like seeing how many, you know, like they're not really analyzing my Instagram as much as I am. So I think it's really important to be able to go and figure out, okay, what content can I share that will not only be, you know, beneficial to showcase that like I'm a photographer, this is the work that I do, but will also help kind of add to that client experience. So for example, um, writing blog posts, right? Like I think that that's something that some photographers do, some photographers don't do because they kind of think, well, I'll just post on Instagram, but writing blog blog posts and getting that, um, 
authority on your website and like having that up, you can still share those on Instagram. But then the great thing about blog posts is let's say you do a blog post once a month and you're talking about like tips for your clients, whether it's you're a wedding photographer and, you know, um, my favorite places to shoot in my, like my city or the best places to take your engagement photos in your city or, you know, how to create a wedding day timeline. Like there's so many different things that we can share that will not only be great marketing things, but they're also actually just going to be really beneficial to our clients. So then we can share them in emails to them. Hey, I created this blog post as you're prepping for things. This might be really helpful for you. So it's kind of like twofold. It's like you're increasing your client experience because you're producing that longer form content, but then you're also creating content that you can still share on platforms like Instagram and um, things like that. Yeah. No, it's good. And also, you know, we've talked about this a few times on the podcast, but if you have these helpful blog posts and depending on your marketing and who you're marketing to, you know, Google sees that, Google likes that, Google ranks you higher, you show up in higher searches. Mm -hmm. So it's not as if these efforts don't go lost. Yeah. Yeah. They can be rewarded. They can reward you in, in many ways. And I also find that, you know, nobody... They're going through Instagram, but are they really reading every caption? Uh, yeah, exactly. They see the uh, photos yeah, and they're yeah. like, oh, great. <laughs> yeah. And, and you know, Instagram, we all know we love and hate her at the same time. Yes. It's like, you know, she doesn't show everybody everything. You can say something 17 times and maybe mm-hmm. 17 different people see it every time. So yeah. having like a catch-all, i.e. a home base of a blog, you know, you can control that narrative. That is something that you can lead those clients to over and over again, where it's consistent, or at least you post consistently that it's fresh, it's updated. And then you're also getting that Google juice in the back end. Mm -hmm. You know, it's this whole web of marketing. (laughs) It's this whole thing. Yeah. And I mean, honestly, if I could go back, so I've had my business now 12 years. If I could go back and do one thing differently, I wish that I would have written blog posts because in the beginning I got so into this, like, I'm not good at writing. I'm just going to share photos. (laughs) And I did that for a while where I just shared the photos from the session. And then I got to the point where I was like not blogging at all. Um, And so, you know, there was like years of really not producing any content. And my website is obviously like doing okay. But I'm also like, if there was one thing I could do differently, I wish I would have invested even one blog post per month, like helpful tips and content, like that will reward you so much in the long run. Um, And so that's like something that I always try and stress. And the great thing about that is that honestly, you write one blog post, you could create like eight Instagram posts from that one blog post. Like it really is going to help your content creation because you'll be able to pull so many other types of shorter form content from those blog posts. Um, But like you said, I mean, it's like the web of that and everything that you gain from that is just going to be so beneficial in the short term, but also in the long run. Yeah. And the longer it's on there, the longer Google likes it too. Like you get Mm -hmm. more bonus points or whatever, but you know, I feel like I'm, my business is 12 years old as well. And I feel like nowadays there are people that you can hire to write these blog posts for you. <laughs> I know. And, and it's like reasonable, actually. Yeah, yeah, totally. I have a coaching client and she does that. She hires a girl, uh, a woman to do her blog posts for her and she pays her to do four a month and she's on a roll. You know, yeah. like her site is ranking higher. People are finding her mm-hmm. and it's all about being smart. And I think that's a great like, you know, thing that we could have done differently early in our careers. 
Yeah, it was a lot harder though. I feel like it's like the connections that we have now from being able to find people so easily. You just get connected to all these people around the world who can very much benefit so many different parts of your business where like Instagram wasn't even created when we started. Yeah, so it exactly. Was like, it was just a lot harder <laughs> to have those connections. So yeah. yeah, I just think there's so many opportunities for that. And one thing too, I wanted to share because one hesitation I hear from, you know, clients or other photographers is this fear around like, I don't want to give away too much of my like good content. For example, you know, we all probably have invested in like the big 30 to 50 page, you know, wedding day prep guide or whatever it is, like whatever it is that you have that you give to your clients. And there's often this hesitation of like, well, I don't want to share this ahead of time because then they're, you know, they're not going to need it or they're not going to need me. And the thing that I always want to stress with that is that your clients aren't just looking for like a, a prep guide. Like the prep guide is great. I mean, don't get me wrong. I think that it's so wonderful, but also like when you can take the time to share the little bits of that, you're going to build that connection with your clients sooner because if they have to book you in order to see that prep guide, they're not even aware of the value that you really provide unless you're just super good at communicating that like in your posts and in your content, but that can be really hard to do. So I always kind of encourage people like obviously break it up into smaller pieces, but don't be afraid about sharing like kind of those, that, that really good content that you have inside of that, of how to help people prep or prepare or think about things or those tips. Like that's only going to help build that authority, that trust, that like with your clients. And they're going to see the value and why they would want to work with you. It's not going to like have them be like, well, now I don't need to work with her. I'll just hire somebody else because like, they're hiring you because of your experience that you bring to the table, not just like the tips that you share. Yeah. Um, so that, that's always something I always want to preface to you because it can be hard to try and think of other types of content, but I think we have so much content already in our business and at our fingertips that we really just need to utilize a little bit more um, before they actually book with us. Yeah, I agree. Love that. Okay. So let's dive into number three. Yeah. So the third thing I want to talk about is this idea of kind of just waiting for opportunities to be presented to us. And I think this comes in like kind of two different forms. Um, I know for me, when I was first getting started in my business, <laughs> I don't know if this is the same for you, but like I got really scrappy. Like when I was trying to think of ways to build my portfolio and my business and showcase my work, I got really creative with like doing free free shoots and all these things and like ways that I could build my portfo portfolio. And then along the way, it's like, I think we kind of shift into this mindset. I think especially now, again, now that we're seeing so much on Instagram, this idea that like, oh, I'm going to just post and share the content and like opportunities or people or bookings will come to me. And it's like this, um, like what's the word that I'm trying to think of? Like uh, you kind of just like sit back and like wait <laughs> type of marketing, which yeah. not necessarily like going to be the best way to like actively grow in your business. So one thing that I like to, um, that I always like to offer is like, instead of like, instead of practicing that is like asking yourself each month, like what's something that I'd like to accomplish and not just like goals, like not, you know, oh, I want to book more clients or I want to like shoot more weddings, but like, what's something that you really want to like do? Maybe you want to travel more. Maybe you want to do more shoots in like unique locations. And so asking yourself and getting really creative around like, okay, what are ways that I could make that happen? Like, do I know any other like brands or businesses that I can maybe like do a sponsorship or a collaboration with to where maybe we like, you know, both promote it or like maybe they help 
pay if it's like a travel thing and you promote their brand or their, you know, whatever it is while you're there. Um, or if you want to shoot at like certain venues or in certain locations, like taking out the complicated feeling of it and just asking yourself, okay, how can I make that happen? Like, can I connect with the venue and just plan like a mini shoot? I have friends who like, aren't even like engaged, but like I could bring them there. I could do a session. I could like share it on their Instagram. They could share it on their, you know, their website. I think it's just like, there are so many opportunities that we have to help further us in like the things that we want to be doing. But I think sometimes we just get kind of caught in this idea that, we'll just wait for things to come to us. Mm-hmm. And there's so many missed opportunities that I think we can get really creative and kind of like scrappy again in like how we can actually go about doing more of the things that we want to be doing. Yeah, I think that's a it's a good point and it's something that I've I've had to deal with myself. It's sort of you get comfortable. Mm-hmm. Right? Like I think comfortable is like a good word. Like you put in the beginning you get scrappy, you do everything to get noticed and build connections and invited to stuff. And, and then you start getting work. And I guess just speaking, we're projecting from my own experience, like a few, like five or six years in, I was like, okay, I, I've reached this point and now I'm going to wait to see what comes mm-hmm. to me. And then you're like, wait, nothing's coming to me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So then you're like, well, I have to start doing it. And maybe it's not as scrappy or maybe it's a more refined hustle because you're more, you're established, but you still have to put in the time to make stuff happen for you. So yeah, Mm -hmm. it's like a styled shoot at a dream venue or connecting with new planners and, and coordinators Mm -hmm. to be like, Hey, introduce yourself. Like I'm, I'm Janae. Nice to meet you, you know, and like going, putting yourself in the room because, you know, being scrappy only gets you so far. You have to like, it's like the next level. So I, I hundred percent, I have experienced this and like can definitely speak, speak to that. Yeah. And I think this does, it makes such a big difference, especially even when we're thinking about marketing. Cause so this was a big one for me when I moved from Florida to California, because I was six years into my business. So I was kind of at that same point where you mentioned where it was like, all right, like people are coming to me, I'm getting work. But then all of a sudden I had to rebuild my brand in a new state, in a new city, like a totally new market. And so I, I kind of had to, I had to force myself to like get creative of like, okay, like what is it that I can do, right? To like start growing these connections. And it was exactly what you mentioned. Like I wasn't necessarily at that point, like in the beginning, I was maybe shooting for free, like six years in, I wasn't going to be like, let me just like offer my services for free. Um, So it's like, it's exactly what you said. It's like, it's not maybe as scrappy as it was in the beginning, but you do start to brainstorm ways of like, I made a connection with this um wonderful girl who was putting on a styled shoot. It was like three different locations, eight different girls, eight different outfits. It was this whole day. And I did offer it as kind of a, you know what, this gets me exposure in the city that I want to be shooting and like all of this content that I'll be able to provide. And it actually ended up getting featured on Style Me Pretty. So it was like one of those things where it was really rewarding for me. And I was able to figure out kind of that scrappy way of like, you know what, this is actually, this sounds really fun for me. Like I get, I get to connect with her. I get to connect with all these people. I get to have this really fun experience. And it also helped to kind of build my brand and like do the things that I wanted it to do. Um, But yeah, it can look differently for everybody, but it's exactly like you said, it's just really asking yourself, like, what are some things that I can do to kind of like just enhance 
my business as it is right now? Like, what are some things I would really enjoy doing or would like to do? And how can I help to kind of make that happen? And then when you get to showcase that on Instagram or on your blog, like you just feel so much pride behind it because you like helped put that together. Like it wasn't just something that came to you. Like it was something that you actually kind of helped make happen. Right. I love that. Yeah. I think it, yeah, everyone still has to hustle. <laughs> yeah. A little bit. A <laughs> little. Definitely don't live in that, but yeah. like definitely, yeah. you know, it's like nice to be reminded of that everyone. Totally. Time. Yeah. All right, cool. So let's hop on number four. What's what remind me of that one? Yeah. So number four is really get starting to get comfortable with asking other business owners, like what we should be doing in our business. And this has become really prevalent. I feel like in the last like five years, especially with like the growing presence of like Facebook groups and all these communities, which I think can be such a wonderful resource. But at the same time, um, having been someone who like grew my business without necessarily having those things, I'm seeing all too often new photographers going into those groups with these everyday questions of like, should I use this tool? Or like, you know, is this something that I should be focusing on in my business? Or like these questions that I'm like, oh, I wish I could just like connect with them and like help them figure out what's right for them. And there's, I feel like there's like a bigger thing behind this because kind of putting on like my coach hat for a second is when we get really comfortable and we get really used to asking other people like how we should run our business, we're kind of like taking out deposits in our confidence bucket. <laughs> like we're kind of just like taking out things and like adding on to this belief that like we are reliant on other people in order to grow a successful and thriving business. And so kind of my my point behind this one, the first point is to get really comfortable with like making some of those decisions on your own and being okay with making these mistakes. Because at the end of the day, someone could tell you that like some sort of process or system or workflow or whatever is going to work really well for you. It may not work really well for you. And it's going to be a learning point anyway, but it's like starting to just trust a little bit more in yourself to be able to make those decisions. Now I say that in saying that there is nothing wrong with like being in the Facebook groups, investing in courses, like doing anything that'll help you grow. Like absolutely those things I think are so important to invest in, but remembering that they are just like tools that we can use to kind of help, you know, us develop these skills, but they're not like a necessity in order to grow. Because yeah. I think it's just like that reliance that we start to become dependent on them as like, I need this training. I need this course. I need this investment. And it's like, well, you like you, it can be a great addition, but you don't like need it in order to really help you grow. Yeah. No, I love that. And the Facebook groups, I don't know. I feel like you have to be in the right one. You know what yeah. I mean? Like they're some, I had to leave a lot of them because they're so negative and like mm -hmm. people will like a new person will ask a question and they just get hammered by like yeah. people you know people who are more seasoned and it, you know that's not the environment that i think is a, a good one or people that can grow from or even want to be in you know what i mean yeah. so like that's what you know t with janae like we're all like happy and helpful and sharing and you know that's why i created this because i just couldn't take Oh, people being mean. <laughs> yeah, it is. It's really hard. And it like it, it, 
what it's supposed to do is actually doing the opposite. Like it's supposed to be like a supportive environment. What it actually does is make you doubt yourself even more because then you post and all of a sudden you're filled with more doubt. So it's, yeah, it's like making sure that you're in a community where you can ask the questions. But, but even then it's like, I love to just encourage people like start to kind of like get, just get really comfortable with like being okay with making decisions that may not, I mean, who knows, like you could try something and someone could be like, this is crazy. And then you do it and it works amazingly well for your business. So it's like, just like starting to get more curious about, you know, like there, there isn't just like one right way to do something. Um, So like really kind of figuring out what works best for you, which obviously is a lot easier said than done. Um, And then especially when it comes to like, I feel like this also kind of shows up when we, again, thinking about marketing and I talk about this as like this reactive marketing and I I'll kind of talk about this in like, let's say we're on Instagram and you're logging on in the morning and all of a sudden you're seeing that like so-and-so other photographers shared this really amazing reel. Now, all of a sudden you have this feeling inside of you, this like guilt and you're like, oh, I haven't posted a reel in a week. She just posted this great reel. Oh, it's already getting all these views. I should post an a great reel that's like similar to this or something else. And then you just spend three hours creating the reel, getting it up on Instagram. Um, And it's this kind of like mindset that we live in of this like reactive marketing of looking at other people and what they're doing and just like mimicking that in order to grow our business. Mm -hmm. Um, And parts of that can be helpful, but really in the long term for your like mental health and sanity and like creating long-term business plans, like is just not the best place to be in. So also just kind of like looking at other people in like how they're showing up in marketing and like using that as your go-to of how you show up. Um, just trying to like stray away from that type of reactive thinking. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> strongly, <laughs> strongly agree. 10 out of 10. So let's talk about the last one, the last mistake. Yeah. Yeah. So the last one is just overcomplicating the process. And really just what I want to talk about here is just kind of bringing home this idea that at the end of the day, one of the best things that you can do that you can do to grow your business is just get really comfortable and confident, confident talking about it with other people online on your website, like sharing about it, get really clear about what it is that you bring to the table. Like what is it that you help your clients achieve and understand that really, really well and sharing that frequently without any expectation of like immediate results or like getting rid of this idea that like we have to immediately see like these big overnight success or growth in our business. Because I truly think that some of the best and most successful early business owners that I know of practice, these tips that we've talked about, they got really comfortable releasing their expectations. They kind of ditched the idea of like what they should be doing and just got really curious about how they can do more of the things that they love. And then the marketing and the everything else just kind of like falls in suit. Like it, it doesn't have to be the one thing that you're chasing after all the time. Um, and just like yeah, just kind of overcomplicating it, connect with other people. Remember that at the end of the day, online platforms, Instagram, anything where you can show up online, like there is a human behind that computer that you can connect with and engage with and get to know. You can add value in the content that you're sharing and just showing up consistently. And I think the best way that we can show up consistently is by releasing that pressure of like, who we need to be or how we need to show up or making sure we're always adding like the best value. And just again, kind of focusing on like, what, what is it that I can do to help improve 
this person's experience or like help improve my client experience. And I know that that's a lot easier said than done, um, believe me, but it's really just like starting to train your mindset into just remembering that like at the end of the day, I'm here to serve people and to also like you know, serve myself in like a business that I love doing. And the second you start feeling that comparisonitis or that guilt or that shame or that fear or like about how you need to be showing up, it's like just getting really um, proactive about kind of recognizing when that's happening and just letting that go. Yeah. I love that. Gosh, this has been great. I feel like, you know, we always like to end each show with tangible tips and, and things that people can do. And maybe just as a reminder, t tell mm -hmm. us the five mistakes yeah. again, and then maybe you can just give us a way to like start working on those. Like yeah, yeah. what what would you suggest? Yeah, totally. So the first thing that we talked about was uh, not niching down and trying to kind of market to everybody. And the thing that I would say for that is let yourself explore the different types of work or ways that you can do your work in the beginning, and then really zone in on what types of work you want to be doing and just focus on showcasing those so that you can get really clear in your messaging about who it is that you serve and what it is that you bring to the table. Um, and then the second thing that we talked about was um, focusing on too many different platforms or only focusing on one. And to that, I would say, like, focus on how you can better serve your clients. Focus on how you can better create that client experience and let that marketing plan fall into place as an after effect. And don't be afraid of sharing that great content up front to build that connection with your clients. And then the third thing that we talked about was waiting for opportunities to be presented to us. And what I would say for that is let yourself take some time each month about what types of things do I want to be doing in my business and how are some ways that I can make that happen or create those experiences for myself. And then the fourth thing was asking other business owners what we should be doing. And for that, just starting to trust in yourself, listening to your intuition, and instead of just relying on other people for all of the answers, of course, I also highly recommend like invest in a great business coach who will work with you one-on-one -on -one because that will ultimately be one of the best investments you can make is when you're actually investing in yourself little caveat. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then the last thing was just overcomplicating the process. And to that, I would just say really just releasing your expectations on what you think your business should look like or where you should be. And just focusing again on creating that genuine connection, adding value to others, and just showing up consistently in a way that really feels um, joyful and good for you. Yeah. I love that. Oh, Krista, this has been amazing. I really love today's topic and and you're so thoughtful and kind and and i feel like i feel refreshed in a way <laughs> oh good I'm so glad. thank you yeah I well and this and this is so great and i and i probably also should have prefaced this with like we're not really going to talk about marketing thing it's specifically to like instagram and pinterest it's kind of the like bigger idea behind marketing. But I just think that it's it's really nice to remember that like marketing doesn't have to be this like perfectly curated thing, marketing plan that we create every month. Cause I think that like some months it can be really great to have that if you have something big coming up. But living in that as a team of one, <laughs> like is a really stressful place to be when you're constantly stressing about it. So yeah. no, I agree. 
It's hard to do it all. And you know what? You don't have to do it all. (laughs) Yeah, you definitely don't. Outsourcing is amazing when you can and the things you feel comfortable with, highly, highly recommend. Yeah. And I also like that Instagram, at least for photographers, you know, like it's becoming more real, like TikTok, like they want, I feel like the stuff that really resonates uh, and could influence your marketing is being being yourself. You know, mm-hmm. and like showing the ups and downs and and being real. And it, it's an interesting shift. It'll be interesting to talk about this stuff in a year from now and, and like what, yeah. what is happening there. So I really appreciate Definitely. you being here and sharing all your wonderful advice with everybody. But let's tell everyone where they can find out more about you, your services and say hello online. Yeah. So you can find me on Instagram, of course. Um, it's at Krista.Marie.Photography, Krista with a K. Um, I also have my podcast, She Calls Her Shots. But if you enjoyed this conversation, if you are kind of interested in diving in more, I do have a free masterclass that I'd love to invite you to, and it's called Planning for Profit. And inside of it, it's totally free. We we dive deep into kind of three core areas to help you really start to think about growing a thriving business. And that's your mindset, both your business mindset and your money mindset, some financial strategies to help you start thinking about how to become a profitable business, and then some business strategies, things like marketing processes, workflows. So um, if that sounds interesting, I'd love to have you join us. You can just find that at shecallshershots.com slash profit plan. Yeah. And all these um, information and uh, links will be in the show notes. You guys can swipe on up right now, click on them and let Krista know you listened to today's episode. Thank you so much for being here. And I hope to have you on again soon. Thank you so much, Janae. I loved being here. I want to give a huge shout out and a big thank you to Krista to being our wonderful guest today. It was a pleasure getting to know you and chat with you more. If you guys want to find out more about Krista and her services and listen to her podcast, so wipe on up now, click on those show notes and let her know you listened to today's episode. All right, you guys, I can't wait to share our next cup of tea together. Bye.